They had no shield, just like a shoulder pad, a net, uh, a trident, <laughs> no helmet, no uh, body protection, no shin protections, but they would win most, most of the time. Welcome in to Like a Man. I'm your host, Miles Nielsen. On today's show, I brought back our friend Philip from Historia Militum, and we talk about gladiators. Today's show is an intro to gladiators. Let's give it a listen. Gladiators are a very fascinating topic, and it's often the first thing people uh, think about when they think about Rome. There's a lot to talk about, honestly, but uh, the first thing I'd like to get straight is like the purpose of gladiators. This was in the later stages of Rome when they were actually entertainers. Their primary role was to entertain rather than to kill each other on the battlefield in the arena. It was primarily to entertain the masses. Um, so contrary to popular belief, they didn't like kill each other to the death as often that, than um, that one would assume. Actually, um, how they started off was... Gladiatorial combat was originally designed to be a funerary performance, if you will. So when someone passed away in the funeral, after the words were given and all the loved ones came together, there was a ritual that two gladiators would come out and they would fight, obviously not to the death, but just like a demonstration. Um, it was like a religious performance that would occur at almost every funeral. And then later, as the time progressed, um, people really caught on to, hey, this is actually pretty interesting, pretty fun. I wonder if they did this for real. And um, next thing you know, yeah, there were arenas built all around the empire, even like small towns. They would have their own amphitheater and um, they would have these uh, people called uh, lanistas who were gladiator owners. And they were their profession, their trade was gladiators. So they would purchase them, train them, um, train them in their own beliefs, in their own ways. And then they would um, present them in the arena and they would fight each other and um, entertain the masses. So their primary goal, like gladiators and why it was so widespread around the empire. Well, first of all, the people absolutely enjoyed it. Everyone was rooting for their own favorite gladiator. They had different types and classes of gladiators and each one had a weakness um, and an advantage over another gladiator. So it was much like like rock, paper, scissors. You had uh, one gladiator that had a weakness towards someone. And then when they're facing off, it would also really invigorate the crowd when um, the gladiator that everyone expected to lose would actually win, despite all the disadvantages in appearance or um, armor. So it was very fascinating. It was basically like watching sport for many people today. Yeah, so um, that was the whole um, real message behind them. And the other point why they were so widespread was because the um, the emperors and the, and the leaders of Rome, they um, saw the advantage to gladiators and gladiatorial combat. And that was, quite frankly, controlling the masses. And they realized that when people were too busy uh, thinking about when's the upcoming game or even like uh, chariot racers, you know, who's going to win who or which gladiator is going to fight who, they kind of lose track of maybe more important things like, you know, is the emperor ruling them competent? Uh, what about the growing inflation all around us or ongoing wars that are happening? Um, yeah, so the people kind of forgot about that. And the um, 
um, yeah, the rulers um, of Rome really realized that, you know, the more gladiatorial spectacles you have, the happier the masses and the less problems they have to deal with. So it kind of like worked for both sides um, of the um, social hierarchy. Did every major city have an arena where gladiators would battle or was it only in certain locations? Um, I'm inclined to say yes. Um, every major city most likely had an amphitheater. Even some smaller towns would have something of, you know, like a smaller, less formal amphitheater, but like a big, like stone, beautiful amphitheater that could hold hundreds of people. I'm fairly sure that each um, major city in the empire, yeah, they, they, they did have them and they organized these games. How, how did someone become a gladiator? Were they volunteers or were they forced to do it? How did you become one? Yeah, so there were uh, four major sources of gladiators, where they came from, right? So um, the first one was slaves. Uh, slaves were mostly prisoners of war back in the time. So Rome went out and conquered a new people and everyone who fought against them or who resisted Rome, they would be forced into slavery and then they would be um, sold in the major cities. And then you would have these Lenistas who came ar around and they were like, hey, these guys are actually, you know, pretty well built, pretty um, healthy might as well purchase them and they would make me um, a lot of profit in the games if I were to train them. So um, slavery was, was a big source for that. Uh, the next one was condemned criminals. After they were released or when they were captured, uh, they would be taken into gladiatorials, um, basically like into the sport of gladiator. And uh, the third one was, uh, well, captives, which is um, actually falls under um, criminals. And then lastly, yeah, there were volunteers. These were likely more often than not poor people who really either were fed up with working or let's say wanted to earn some fame for themselves or wanted to get some money and, and they would be paid money if they, as long as they volunteered and weren't slaves or captives or criminals. So um yeah, people did volunteer. It's very rare that people from upper classes would volunteer. Those, I mean, once in a while you get a person, I guess, who really just wants to be uh, famous and and loved and admired. Um, so they would they would sign up and they would fight in front of hundreds hundreds of people. But it was a dangerous sport, and I, because although they didn't uh, necessarily kill each other as often, if you didn't perform very well in the arena or your opponent caught you caught you off guard, um, the killing did occur. So, um, yeah, those were the main four sources that gladiators could be recruited from. After they were recruited, um, the Elenistas would train them. Well, first of all, they would select them based on a lot of physical qualities. First of all, good physical conditioning, maybe some musculature, maybe good teeth, a height of 5.7 feet or higher, which is uh, 173 meters, uh, centimeters um, or higher was very desirable. Um, no physical impediments, obviously, and preferably above the age of 20. Those were like the perfect candidates for gladiatorial service. And, and why this was um, another reason why this was very appealing to, for volunteers to sign up as gladiators is, yeah, you give away a lot of your uh, freedoms, but gladiators received from their Lunista everything they would ever need. So that was um, all equipment, tools, anything they would need for personal hygiene. Uh, they would be fed pretty well, three meals a day. Um, and they would just be expected to perform well and, and carry on training. Did they have families also? Were they permitted to have children and stuff like that? 
Um, that's a good question. I'm actually not sure about that. I'm not sure if we have a lot of sources about that because um, technically all the sources we have come from the upper class and they're really concerned with, you know, the the more uh, like the details of who, who beat who in the arena and who's fighting as who. But um, I would expect, uh, I would assume the volunteers could definitely have families, but the slaves and criminals and captives probably did not or were not allowed to see them. But as a volunteer, yeah, you could... Um, you would, I would assume you would have a day off or you could go and visit them, but um, you are given away a lot of your freedoms when you're signing up to, to be a gladiator. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Did they have classes of gladiators? Like the better ones were the ones in the Coliseum and then maybe the not so good ones were in the smaller cities. Did they have different classes of gladiators? Yeah, yeah. Um, and interestingly, the classes of gladiators were the same in all the all the cities. Everyone, you know, you could stop any citizen in any part of the empire and ask him who his favorite class was. He would know, you know, uh, what class he would support or, or something, or at least what are the classes are um, out there. So um, the classes were identified by their armor, uniform, and weapons that they carried. One of them was uh, Hoplomachus, uh, the class that carried a long spear, and he would fight with a very small shield, very long spear, so he would have the absolute best reach out of all the gladiators, and pretty heavy greaves to protect his, um, his shins. So um, that would be a pretty fast, agile class, whereas you would have another class, uh, Murmillo, which was... What Murmillo actually like the slang, what, what it means is fishman. <laughs> that's a, that's that's a very funny name, but I'll explain later. Um, he, they carried very big helmets weighing um, up to eight pounds, eight pounds on average, actually, on their heads. So that would severely restrict their mobility. And um, if the sun was out and it was a midday, it would be absolutely, you know, they would be absolutely sweating and hard to breathe under that helmet. But um, they would carry a massive shield for protection and a very short sword. And if you're kind of catching a trend here, it's that gladiators, like their equipment was not meant to help them. It was it was meant to help them kill the gladiator just as much as it was to help the opponent uh, their opponent killed them. So that hel helmet, yeah, it gave them a lot of protection um, from head injury, but you know their their vision was so obstructed that it it was basically most of the time the the cause for their deaths for the Murmillo class. And they were sort of heavier. They would rely on sitting behind their massive shields and sort of poking with this very small sword. Um, and, and someone like a Hoplomachus with a long spear, he, you could imagine him running circles around the Murmillo and, and trying to stab him with a spear at a very good distance. So that would be very entertaining for people to, to, to see. Um, and then there was another class. Um, this one was the Retiarius, and it was the famous for, for a lot. Now, this class was very interesting because all he had was shoulder protection. So on one shoulder, um, I believe, yeah, it was their left shoulder that was covered. In the right hand, they wielded a trident. And in their left hand, they carried a net, like, like a fishing net. And Retiarius basically meant uh, fisherman. And what they would do is they would, their goal was uh, throwing the net in such a way that their opponent gets caught under it. And while they struggle to get untied or cut the net or something with uh, the retiarius with their trident would um, circle around or, or dodge around and then like try and stab them with it. Um, and fu like funny enough, um, their biggest um, opponent and, and biggest um, 
the class that they defeated most of all was the Mormillo, which was the fishman. And you could see the <laughs> why why they were they were called like that. Like the Retiarius was the fisherman, and then the Mormillo was a fish, even though he was they were they were most of the time much bigger and more muscular and taller than the Retiarius. The fact that they had this big helmet that obstructed their vision and and was actually very easy to um, catch onto the net. So you throw the net over it, it'll most likely catch over the helmet, get them entangled, and then the Retiarius would would strike. And it was very, very amusing for a lot of people and and several emperors, actually, like Claudius, their favorite gladiator was the Retiarius. And um, as lightly armored as he was, oddly enough, he was the most successful gladiator type. Like whoever was a Retiarius was most likely to win. They had no shield, just like a shoulder pad, a net, a, a trident, <laughs> no helmet, no um, body protection, no shin protections, but they would win most most of the time. We're going to conclude our intro to gladiators there. Men, if you are a history buff or if you want to learn more about gladiators or just Roman history, Greek history, military history, I highly recommend to go check out Philip's YouTube channel. It's called Historia Militum. It is rich with details and content. Very, very good channel. Highly recommend it. Go see it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Philip, for coming on. And until next time. (laughs) 